Hello, and welcome. Why must we do this every week? Because this is a weekly show. No, I mean, why are we doing a different intro each week? To introduce our weekly show, duh, obviously. Wouldn't it be more efficient to just have the same introduction each week? This isn't a show about efficiency. It's a show about the Kinetic Paranormal Society. I wouldn't really say the show is about us. A pair of socks and a magic wardrobe traveling through time and space investigating the supernatural. Though I don't really know what this show is about. You're listening to Metacosmos. And, uh, so, Artemis, uh, tell us, um, what have you been up to lately? Oh, well, actually, if you're going to ask, I've been uh, looking into neuroscience ever since our episode recently, where you were looking into articles about studies. I decided I would do some research of my own. Oh, cool. Are you you learning anything, like, really interesting that you want to share with us? Well... Actually, I have been learning about the way our recognition of memories and the way we can have memories uh, stored in our brain and how the neural pathways can sometimes make mistakes. Yeah? Go on. Well, you see, there are phenomenon in which this is, by the way, I must say, this is all just a observed sciences. These are not made-up studies. Can you cite your sources? You didn't tell me we were going to be podcasting about this. I, I could have brought notes. It's fine. Just, you know, go without it. Go without it. Okay, then. Well, you see, there's studies that show that sometimes when you experience something, the, 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 the neural pathways might send the signal through your body at different channels at different speeds. Every now and then there's a glitch in which you might receive some of the information from some part of your eyes and another part of the information from your ears, but then one of your eyes, maybe, has a signal that comes in a little bit later, like by a fragment of time. Yeah. And in that case, what happens is, is that your brain thinks it has already experienced what it has just gone through. It says, oh, didn't that just happen? Deja vu. Weren't we just talking about this? No, no, we weren't. I must be going through deja vu. You're making that up. Yeah, it's true. I'm, I'm not actually experiencing deja vu. But yeah, you're talking about deja vu. Well, perhaps, if you think this is what deja vu is. But there's other explanations for what would make someone think that they've experienced something twice. Oh? Yes. You see, some theories would say, perhaps you had a very similar memory. And then, because your memory works as a, a projection of reality that then you instantly project a, a, a new revised version of your similar memory on your current memory and believe it is happening all over again, like some sort of incredible premonition. Like, yeah, deja vu. Yes, that's if you ask what you want to call it. Weren't we just talking about this? I, this feels really familiar. This is the same conversation. You're just doing a bit. Yeah, it's true. I'm doing a little bit. Well, then. So, yes, there's, there's many theories of, of how it is that we do this. Wait, these sound really, like, straight and science-y. And are you sure you can prove this in a lab? Come on, like, deja vu is not something you can capture in a laboratory. Oh, maybe perhaps it is. Okay. So, for instance, it has been shown that memories can be fabricated. People do it all the time with suggestive prompts. Uh-huh. And so... If you can fabricate a memory like that, 
you can just as easily create a memory fabricated from this illusion that you have in your memory where you're like, oh, I've already gone through that. But how do you, like, capture that in a lab? You can't just study people's brains constantly and wait till they have deja vu. Those moments are really special. Well, actually, Dr. Anne Cleary would contend that you can. Uh Uh-huh, really? And how's she doing that? Well, she's creating virtual experiences. Virtual experiences? Yes. And then she has people experience a virtual experience and report back their chances of feeling deja vu. Weren't we just talking about deja vu? Like, recently? Oh, stop it already. Well, yeah, okay, so that's probably, I'm going to say, if you got a bunch of people in a study, and they're studying deja vu and experiencing virtual experiences, they're going to have deja vu, like I've been having over and over again on this episode, because you're like, if you're looking for the deja vu, you're probably going to get more deja vu. Well, I would certainly hope Dr. Anne Cleary didn't tell them they were in a deja vu study. Okay, but um, if they kept getting questions about deja vu after each session, um, wouldn't they figure it out eventually? Maybe they got lots of questions. So you didn't really look very deeply into the study? Well, I, I listened to a TED Talk. Oh, want to talk about it? Well, that's what I'm talking about right now. Okay, well, just go on. Okay, but then, you see, she created virtual experiences where they showed them images of virtual spaces and put them into virtual spaces. What do you mean by virtual spaces? Like computer games. With like a little headset over their eyes? Probably. I don't know. She didn't mention it in the TED Talk. Okay, well, go on. Well, she put them into their virtual experiences, and they created similar rooms where the design aesthetic was identical but different colors and slightly variations. So, like, one looks like a waiting room and the other looks like a bowling alley, but they look similar. That's a really big waiting room. I'm not sure if that was the exact example. Okay, whatever. So, because there's quite a bit of self-reporting, obviously, to studying deja vu. Yeah. And so, they have to take into account the people's likelihood of reporting deja vu based on questions that they'd answered, and then they put them all through the experiment and see which people have which kinds of experiences And there's a tendency that people who experience deja vu are not recognizing the extreme similarities in the rooms. They're just putting it into their subconscious and suggesting that maybe they are just storing these memories to use as a fabrication later on. So you don't think people can, like, predict the future? Because, like, a lot of deja vu reports are like, oh, my gosh, I experienced this thing and I totally knew what was going to happen next. Yes, and well, she addresses that very early on in her speech. She even begins with a phenomenon in which a man boarding a plane who would not expect to have deja vu had so much assurance of what was going to happen that he deeply dove into researching it and contacted her. And she addressed that in a talk. And what'd she say? Well, what it is, is that people, they would start to think that they knew what was going to happen next in her virtual experiences. In the end, they didn't know what was going to happen next. They simply had the feeling that they knew. But what about the guy on the plane? And he knew all this stuff, and he knew what was going to happen next. She, she didn't actually get back to that. And, like, lots of experiences. I've heard stories where, like, people were like, oh, I had deja vu when I looked up and saw this, like, little dog. And I, like, I knew that the next thing that was going to happen was this guy was going to walk out from behind a bush 
wearing like a blue and vibrant like neon green jumpsuit and it happened like you don't see bright blue and neon green jumpsuits all the time and knowing that that's what's coming around the corner is i don't know like is that doesn't sound like something that you can put into a virtual experience maybe did dr ann cleary think about that well i don't I don't think she, she... She very much at the end of her talk, some of her final statements about conclusions were that science can actually study these things. Sounds like overcompensation to me. It, I think it's a fair assessment. I think she was just simply um, trying to tell people that, you know, we don't just simply live on the fates of, of, of some sort of predetermined reality. And yep, that sounds like overcompensation to me. Like, come on. She's like, she's out here just probably going through deja vu too. And she's trying to find some way to feel the world is not some absolutely crazy and insane experience that is predetermined that I'm held beholden to. Um, I'm going to suggest that she's uh maybe doing all of these virtual realities that aren't actually predictive of reality reality in an attempt to feel more secure in her own ability to have free will. Well, what do you think is deja vu? Well, I'm glad you asked that because um, first I think we should say that it was a term coined by philosopher Emile Boirac. Uh, he's a French dude and he lived from like 1851 to 1917 and he was like you know ever experienced something where you're like i've i've seen this before i i have seen this before yes that's what we've been talking about I, i'm pretty sure we've been talking about this whole time or are you just experiencing deja vu artemis stop it just go on what were you going to say okay so i think that there's a good chance that deja vu might just be hey that's familiar i've seen that before Yes, familiarity-based recognition. That's what I've been talking about. But, you know, some people like to say maybe it's a parallel universe that we had a glimpse into that's just like a little bit set before us. I don't think we experienced the other dimensions from this one, remember? No, we don't. So I actually don't go with that theory either. But one of the cool ones is that there's more than just deja vu. There is, for instance, there's jamais vu. What's that? It's when you don't remember something you should remember. And how would you explain that? Well, you're like, you know, like you, you decide you're going to make breakfast one day and then you look at your eggs and you're like, well, I don't know how to cook anything with eggs anymore. And then you snap out of it. Okay. And then there's um, presque vu. What's presque vu? That's when you're like, oh, oh, what's the word for it? What's the word for it? Uh, um, 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 and you like can't quite figure out something and you know something, but you just can't quite figure it out. Oh. And one of my favorites is Deja Rêve. Deja Rêve? Yeah, that is you've dreamt it before. And I think, honestly, I think Deja Rêve is what Emile was getting at. Because Emile was trying his best to describe something that I don't know if everybody who says, whoa, Deja Vu is getting like the same experience that they're describing. Because some people might be doing exactly like what you're talking about when you're like, yeah, sure, I've done this before. This is so familiar that I've pieced together several memories and put it into a memory. Sure, that, that happens. I'm not going to say it doesn't. And 
Maybe sometimes, yeah, maybe like one of the parts of the brain picks up on what's happening a little late and is like, hey, guys, this happened before. And everyone's like, dude, it's already been happening for a minute. Catch up with us. And yeah, okay, that happens. I'm not saying it doesn't. And maybe that's what deja vu is. But deja rêve is the super duper cooler one because that's the one when you know what's going to happen next. And how is that exactly? Deja rêve means I've dreamt this before. So like, it means that like we can have precognitive dreams where we see into the future and and you like know what's going to happen because one day you just like walk into the dream and you've already dreamt it and you're like, oh, up, oh, up, oh, I know what happens because you've, you, it's like you've seen the trailer to the movie. Okay. Yes, I definitely know what the feeling of seeing a trailer to a movie is. So, yeah, that's like the magic of, like, dreaming, because dreaming exists in a whole nother dimension. But can't dreams also just be just absolute nonsense? Yeah, well, actually, I think some of those absolute nonsense dreams could be of the future. It's just such a different future than we understand in the present that our brain has to put it together as a puzzle of nonsense. But when you get the actual moment, maybe that's like a different kind of deja vu where you just don't know, like, oh, I've seen this before because there was weird symbolism dealing with stuff you weren't able to comprehend about, like maybe your feelings about your mom or your dad or something, or, you know, whatever. Or like your little kid having a dream about like all sorts of crazy stuff that has to do with like grief and heartache and relationships. And you just, like, instead experience dinosaurs fighting because that's what makes sense. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's how I think that the, the deja vu, vu, vuology works. So, yeah. You know, Bartleby, I don't know if what you're describing is deja vu. It sounds like some sort of interdimensional breach in reality. Deja rêve and deja vu are all just trying to describe that because this reality we're experiencing is an interdimensional breach. That's part of the, like, the experience of being a, a self-aware person. And, um, yeah, so I think we have made another wonderful episode of Metacosmos. Wonderful. This is excellent news. I didn't realize we were concluding so easily. Yeah. So, you know, thank you all for listening. I'm Bartleby Nehi. And I'm Artemis Nehi. And we're the Kinetic Paranormal Society. And you can, like, find us at kineticparanormalsociety.com and see all the amazing stuff we do in the Kinetic Race, our podcasts. Oh, we even do live performances. And uh, Metacosmos is produced in association with Humboldt Hot Air, humboldthotair.org, where you can listen to the live stream anytime you want something cool to listen to. It's awesome. And there's, like, great talk shows and awesome music curated for your ears. And you should do that. Also, check out our producer, Isaac Bluefoot's other podcast, Superman, Son of L, the unauthorized biography of Clark Kent. It's super cool and super awesome because it tells the story where Krypton is in our own solar system. And it starts in ancient Sumer, and our gods are terrible role models. But Clark's going to make up for it. Though when you meet him in chapter one, he's in special ed. So it's going to be a long road. So you should check that out and get yourself a deck of Omen Quest cards at omenquestcards.com. They're really awesome cards. And Artemis, do you want to tell him how awesome the cards are? What? What? Oh, yes. They're, they're a game, but there's so much more. It's, it's hard to describe. 
It's really hard to describe. You just got to get yourself a deck and try it out. So anyways, yeah, thank you all for listening. You can, if you want to contribute to any of Isaac Bluefoot's many projects, go to patreon.com slash bluefoot. You are beautiful, and I love you. Hold on, you have notes for deja vu? How do you have notes? I'm the one that brought this up. When did you have a chance to prepare notes for deja vu? I told you, I thought we had this conversation before.